If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Hey, what's up? It's Emily, and I'm pretty sure that compassionate, coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of D.C. that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L-I-V by Advantia. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another quasi-exciting episode of the Big Red Bus as we take the glorious monstrosity out onto the streets of Chicago after a disappointing home loss to the 76ers, a team that was decimated with COVID and injuries. Uh, you know, it's not a great evening and not a great time to celebrate for the beloved Bull. And again, if we would have won, we would have been the number one seed in the East. What say you, my co-pilot, the great one, the podfather, Doug Tonus? Well, it wasn't a great game, and it was a game that I think the Bulls were just kind of off. You know, like, and I'm not nearly as upset about it, maybe as it sounds like you are. Uh, I did kind of feel like they they didn't really have it tonight, and they still fought back and and kept it close in the end. I mean, I guess in the end it was nine points, but you know, I mean, they they still had a chance to win with about thirty seconds left. And you know, the Seventy Sixers, I thought, hit a lot of tough shots. There were definitely times they got open threes, but they hit a lot of like really well contested shots. And the Bulls missed a lot of wide open shots. So I just kind of feel like it was just one of those games that didn't go our way. But I actually felt pretty positive about the way they played for the most part. You know, I don't think you can feel positive about the play of two starters, specifically Javante Green. The the, Cinder, the Cinderella slipper has fallen off of this guy pretty quickly. Um, you know, I know we wrote a lot of poems for his great play in the first game of the preseason. He's really been poor the last few games. And tonight, with just an atrocious performance, uh, one for five, oh, one from three. You know, there's a reason why he's 28 years old, and there's a reason why he's been on several teams, because he's not that good. He's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, a, he's not a rotation player, and he's starting for us. And this is a major issue that needs to be addressed quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the reason he's 28 years old is because he was born in 93, right? 28. He's 28. Yeah, it was a joke. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he just said there's a reason he's 28 years old. I just said, yeah, oh, yeah. he was born 28 years ago. Pretty good. Um, it's not bad. You Joe Cowley tonight or something? What's going on? I'm here? not sure if the math checked out, though. So yeah, I don't think it did, actually. I, gotta I check. Might, not have, might not have done the addition. Wait, well in my head, but you know, I was, I was rolling for it. I was trying to lighten the mood, but uh, you know, that's what it goes. You know, I was playing, playing my uh, my best uh, shooting guard to your point guard. You know, trying. <laughs> well, in fairness to him too, he's not a power forward. He's a he's a small forward trying to play with with power forward skills, trying to play position that he's undersized for, and he, and he struggled against every good, tall, strong front court like tonight. Yeah, and and Javante Green struggled, and you know, the thing is, he had a few opportunities in that game where he just missed like dunk type plays. Yes. You know, and Layups. if he still plays, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, one just, I mean, he didn't like clang it, but he, 
anyway, whatever. It, either way, he, he, he missed, like, golden opportunity type shots, you know, bunnies, easy shots. And if he makes those shots, you know, you, you feel a lot differently. I mean, if he just puts in two of those and the Bulls have four more points with 30 seconds left, it's an entirely different game, right? Right. You know, and, you know, I, whatever. You could, you could say that about anyone who missed shots tonight. You know, I think, you know, Zach had 32 points, and in the end he was 12 of 26 from the field. But, you know, I, I didn't really think he played all that well, you know, compared to how he's played, even though he, he still ended up with some you know, pretty monster stat line at the, end of the, at the end of the night. I didn't think he played all that great. Obviously, he didn't shoot the ball well from three, though he, he did have the, the one to, to give the Bulls their one brief lead at the end of the game. He hit that three. He turned the ball over, a lot of really bad turnovers. You know, didn't quite as many assists as, as he's had, you know, recently. Part of that was other guys weren't hitting shots. But, you know, I, I thought he was off. You know, Vucevic was obviously, you know, way off. And, you know, I, I don't know how much you want to talk about Vuce. I've, I've been maybe leading the charge of this guy is really struggling. And, and now that charge is picking up a lot of bandwagon followers. Uh, you know, like it, it, that, that noise is getting a little louder and louder. You know, it's, I was on that a little early. Like, I don't know about this guy. And, you know, I wasn't really for the trade when it happened either. So it's not crazy for me to to not be so excited about him but hopefully he finds a way to contribute what he can contribute and and get the bulls back some more more offense because he's he's been you know really having a rough time and you can see it's wearing on him you know you can see him passing up open looks now you can you can see that it's it's kind of in his head a little bit so hopefully the bulls can find a way to to get him back on track well he was one of seven tonight from three and that's where my biggest disappointment with with him has been so far it's it's so important for him to hit those threes and pull out the bigs and get in, you know, be a threat at the three point line. And he just hasn't been, he's been atrocious from the three point line so far this year. And it's really having negative ramifications. I mean, he is very important. If he hits that three, he opens up space for uh, DeRozan and, and Zach to attack the rim. It's really important. He's missing open jumper after open jumper. I mean, the game started out, they purposely ran a play for him. They get him a great look from about seven feet, and he, he bricked it off the back of the iron, and he's just shooting the ball at it horribly. I don't see it as much, oh, this guy's falling off athletically or he's hit a cliff. He's just not hitting shots, and it's beyond frustrating, and he's been, you know, I, I every other aspect of his game I've been fine with. I don't think he's been terrible defensively. He's rebounding extremely well. He's passing extremely well. It's just his shot has been awful. And tonight, you know, 5 of 16, 1 of 7 from 3. Uh, yeah, he just he killed us, and he and he's really making a lot of these games that we have one more difficult than he should be. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say this: I think his defense has been fine. I don't think he's a great defender, but it's it's what we would expect it to be, and and probably would you say even a little better than you expected it to be? I, I think it's been better. Yeah, I, I, a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's been better than I expected it to be. So I, I don't have any complaints there. His passing, I think, is good, yeah, you know, above average, and, and with good teammates around him. He's found lots of guys for assists. I have no problems or qualms uh, with his passing the ball either. His rebounding is okay. I, I mean, he's got the numbers, but I, I, I see you know, there's a couple of plays tonight where you know he should have had the rebound and didn't, and, and so many of his rebounds are just these non-contested, who cares rebounds that, you know, I'm, I, I don't know he's like great at rebounding as much as he just gets a lot of them because he's the one guy back there. Um, but but it's rebounding isn't fine. There's nothing to complain about there. You know, clearly nothing to complain about. And, you know, shooting, like you said, bad, especially from three. But the thing I'll say is I wonder a little bit if the speed of the game that the Bulls are playing 
doesn't work for him. You know, they're playing at a pretty breakneck pace pretty frequently. And if that's something that's going to consistently contribute to him not being able to shoot well, I mean, he may just be a little bit more fatigued. He doesn't have the same conditioning to run this up and down game as, I don't know what he weighs, like 280. Yeah. You know, he's a, like a really big guy. I mean, he might not be able to play this up and down game that the Bulls are playing and, you know, and may have never been able to do that, right? Like that just might not be something that a guy with his build is going to be good at. And, you know, trying to fit in and, and do that with his team, now it's like he's taking all those shots, you know, a little bit more tired. And you know, I use this example. If, if you just, like, do a wind sprint from one end of a basketball court to another and then go try and shoot a free throw right away, or if you just, you know, just calm and, you, you know, shoot 10 free throws in a row, like, what, which one of those are you more likely to miss? And, you know, we're making Vooch do a lot more wind sprints. And, and that just might be something that, impacts him and then you know certainly as he gets older that it, it, you know, it's going to be like a little bit tougher too i don't i don't think it's like so much like the athleticism loss but it's just there's like little losses in your physical ability you know even as you age just your like muscular control goes down and and you know to, to shoot like a really smooth shot you just need this very elite level of of uh, fine motor control you know if you lose a teeny bit of that it's not always just like he can't jump as high as he used to yeah. Or he doesn't have as so much lateral quickness. Like, you lose things in other areas. There's a reason why Kyle Korver won't be shooting threes when he's 50 in the NBA. You know, like, it's, and it's not because he can't run side to side as fast. So, yeah. you know, it, we'll see what happens with Vuce. I mean, there's nothing to do but wait, right? Like, you can't, no one would trade anyone right now. There's not going to be any trades till you know, at least after Christmas and you get closer to the trade deadline you know, at the earliest. So, all you're going to do right now is wait and see what happens. And if, if he doesn't bounce back and round into form, you, you can't get anything from him for him anyway, and you'll, you'll still just wait it out. And if he does round back into form, you, you probably don't want to move him anymore because you know, he's, got, he's a good player if he's playing well you know, relative to his contract. So you're, you're kind of stuck with him regardless. Uh, and, and so any conversation about it is not so much an action-oriented, like we could do this or we could do that. It's, it's probably realistically just going to be a – Ah, this this annoys me. You know, Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner are both playing better than Vucevic right now, yeah. and you know that that annoys me. You know, we gave up those two guys and another pick. <laughs> so well, yeah, you know, whatever. That's just how it is. And not to say that'll be the case at the end of the year, but that's that's how it is today. So well, there we Vooch, are. last four games against good teams, we played Utah, Philly, two games against uh, two games against Philly, Utah, and Boston. He's four or twenty from the three point line, which is twenty percent. I think he's shooting under 30% from the field. It's just unacceptable. You know, he's not playing well. And he did have a good game against the Knicks. And, you know, I'm sure this is just a bad stretch for him. But overall, for the vast majority of the season, he's been pretty bad. Uh, so we got to hope that turns around. And, and extending into preseason, right? I mean, to the extent you care about preseason, which I don't think we really care. But, you know, like we started throwing out these flags. We started mentioning, like, man, which looks really bad in preseason. And, you know, we kind of said, well, it's just preseason. He'll round into form. Well, we're... We're now nine games into the regular season. Yeah. So, you know, 10%. that's that's like 10% of the year. Yeah. yeah. It's like over 10% of the regular season. So it's it's not like it's just this, you know, kind of really, it, you know, blip of nothing. You know, it's it's like kind of an extended stretch now. So, you know, like I said, there's nothing else to do but wait. You know, we can complain about it, and I probably will complain about it. But, you know, we just got to find ways to get him on track. And so with that, Fred, Stacy King actually replied to me. I said on Twitter, I don't know why Stacey King is like obsessed with getting, you know, Vucevic looks in the post against Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he replied back, you know, something to the effect of like, you know, he's a big guy, he's not shooting the ball well. 
So get him looks in the post. And, you know, to, <laughs> to my counterpoint, I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. That's fine. Just not against Joel Embiid. Like, yes. a guy who's, yeah. who's bigger than him, stronger than him, more athletic than him, Better. longer arms than him, yeah. like a like an MVP caliber post defender, like maybe the best post defender in the league. I mean, it's either him or Rudy Gobert. Uh, like this isn't the guy. Like I like like we're gonna build Vooch's confidence one on one in ISO situations against you know like, uh, but yeah, I mean maybe next game. I I forget off the top of my head who the Bulls got next. Yeah, you you probably know because you're a genius and all. But you know, there's not so many big <laughs> centers in the league. So you know, as he gets some of those games against the teams that don't have a big center, yeah, I'm I'm all for getting Vooch some looks in the post. I just didn't think that was something you needed to do against Joel Embiid. You brought up a good point, though. Like, if you looked at the game stats, so the Bulls shot 40% from the field in this game. The Sixers shot 53%. From three, the Bulls shot 24%. The Sixers shot 50% from three. So, right there, it's really shocking to believe that they were even in the game. The reason they were in the game is they had nine more points from the free throw line, and they only had seven turnovers in the entire game, with Zach having four of them. So... You know, I guess it is a good sign that they kind of hung in there, had a chance at the end in a game where they shot the ball horribly and they had some horrible performances from key players. And, and crazily enough, you know, we out-rebounded them, um, you know, by five total rebounds. Yeah. But we, we out-rebounded them 18 offensive boards to six. Wow. So we weren't giving up second-chance points. You know, we weren't turning the ball over much. And we were turning them over, and not a ton. We had 14. But we turned them over more than they turned us over, and we you know, killed them on the offensive glass. This was a game they fought hard. And you know, like I said, I didn't, they didn't have it shooting-wise. And I got, I got two things I want to chat about with that, but I'd love to hear your opinion because I've been droning on and on, and, and, and I'm sure the fans want to hear from the prophet. Uh, so the first of which is, <laughs> is uh, what? No, I'm serious. I, I'm not going to ask you questions. I wasn't insulting you at all. All right, yeah. I don't believe, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't not believe like that for a second. By the way, like, they, play the, know, like I, they play the Nets. This is like when the... you called me the podfather. I was trying to. I was going with the prophet. I was. I thought I was playing into your hand, but but now you were insulted. I don't know what to do with myself. Completely thrown off my game. Uh, so the two things I want to ask you about, I guess I'll go with one now. Is uh, so Zach Levine, you know, he had the the injury to his thumb. And I feel like since that injury, he's not been able to shoot the ball well. So he's still been able to drive well. And when he gets in into the paint, uses his athleticism, and he's taking these close shots, dunks, you know, layups, whatever, he's still finishing those. But his three-point shot seems like really off. And, you know, it's his guide hand. It's not his main hand. But I, I just kind of wonder, what do you think? Is, is the injury affecting his shot, or is this just uh, a cold stretch for Zach shooting the ball? No, I think it's absolutely affecting him. I, a couple of things I've noticed about him this year, and I don't know if you feel the same way, a lot more complaining to the officials than in the past. I see that quite a bit with him so far this year. Maybe it's because of the way that you know the officials are probably letting a little bit more go than in the past. I don't know, but it just seems like to me he's been complaining about it a lot. And I think it's a tough situation. Like It's bothering him. I think it's clear it is. He's turning the ball over a little bit more. Uh, he's not going to the left as much. To me, it seems that it seems like that's clear. I'd almost rather just shut him down, have surgery for the next month, and see where we can be, and have him be healthy in Jan- in January. Um, I think they might have made that decision if Kobe was back by now. You know, I don't know, I don't know, but I just kind of it's a really tough kind of call there because um, there's not a lot of clarity as to what the options were. Yeah, either. yeah, like this this could have just be an option where this isn't something you do surgery for. 
like to say like we should have him have a surgery like this could be something that it goes to a doctor and a doctor would say yeah of course we don't do surgery here well doesn't like, that seem yes. bizarre though it's a t- torn ligament well I, they said it was like partially torn and you know like if you look at like it's maybe that means it's actually like a grade two sprain like i mean it's 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 hard to say we, do, we don't know like it's not like they said like zach's considering surgery and then they decided to play through it you know, like it, the the implication from what I read seemed to be that it would heal on its own without surgery, hmm. and so like it was a fully torn ligament that wouldn't be the case. But like I said, it just wasn't enough to go on there. I mean, either way though, if you just said like, should we sit him for a couple weeks, you know, and let him let him heal, you know, if it's not surgery, still, I mean, you still have the option of like not making him play through this. I mean, I can't imagine him playing is helping him heal any. Exactly, like, it, it, it's got to be making it worse, right? I mean, just. You would think, so. Yeah. Well, I'm amazed that he's even playing. I I had thumb injuries in the past uh, when I played in high school, and it, it it was painful to even dribble the ball. Yeah, it hurts it every time affects, that ball touches your hand. Exactly, exactly. And then you're loose with it because you're not trying to grip it with your thumb, and you're trying to like get it more on your palm and and, and use your other fingers more. And and it definitely loosens up your handle a lot. And I think it does make you more predictable. You're not gonna if it's your left hand. You're just not going to go left as much as you normally would. And I think it has affected his game. So I, it's a really tough decision. And I, I really would like to know what Zach is thinking, you know, because at some point there's no doubt to me that DeRozan's been the best player on this team so far this season. He's fourth before tonight's game. He was fourth of the league in scoring. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic and playing really well. And I've always said that I think he should be the guy as a primary ball handler down the stretch. Not because he's better than Zach, because better Zach is better off the ball, and I do think DeRozan in general makes better decisions and is a better threat to get to the line, etc. And I, I'd like, I'm not sure what he's thinking, you know. Like, I mean, it's a kind of it's a big year for him. Gosh, I wish he would just come out or, or somebody would have an interview with him and say, "Listen, I plan on being here in the future." I mean, that's got to be weighing on him to some degree, don't you think so? I mean, I think I think there's been lots of innuendo that he's planning on staying here in the future. Right. That he wants to win with Chicago. I mean, like all the news has been Zach's going to stay here. You know, Casey Johnson like outright said like Zach loves Chicago and he wants to win here and blah blah blah. So, you know, I think I think there'll be a little bit of I want to see how the team does and what the results are. I mean, I think the Bulls have to make the playoffs for that to be true. But I, I mean, like all other things being equal, I, I don't think there's a risk of Zach walking away unless the team just completely tanks. Yeah, but then it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Bulls. You know, could end up eight, nine, ten. It's unlikely, I'd say now, based on the start, but it's possible. And if that happens, I think he would look at all options. Yeah, of course. Like, and, and I made that point, and you said, "Well, what are the options? Have yeah. you come up with any since then?" No, not really. Okay, so maybe maybe that's not a big deal. I mean, it, it's it's interesting in this today's day and age because it feels more like now if a guy demands out and demands to go somewhere, teams are just kind of making it happen. Yes. Uh, but if that happens in that way, it means the Bulls will probably get a lot back, like in, in trade value, right? Like he's not going to go somewhere in pure cap space. And if they, the if Bulls have to facilitate a sign and trade, then there's going to be something you know good coming back. Maybe not something like good, as good as that coming back, but at least a package of picks and other stuff to, to re- facilitate a rebuild, which the Bulls would almost certainly be in. And then they'd, they'd probably try and sell off DeMar and Booch and that that scenario would be my expectation but yeah, i guess you never know we're not going to get there i don't want to get that negative jesus 
I would like to so talk about though. Dark, yeah, but, three but I do think there is a massive hole with this team at the power forward position that needs to be addressed. And I brought this up. I think the last two guys, the bottom two guys in terms of plus minus for the season before this game were um, Javante Green and uh, AJ. And so when those two guys are both play the same position, which Can't is power forward, it, it, it's just it's beyond belief to me that people don't aren't willing to get aggressive and make a trade when a team started out so well. I had posted this on Twitter. What are, what are you trading? Well, let's just let's throw saying, this out. Let me throw this saying, out there. When you say get aggressive and make a trade, what are you trading? Would you trade – this is a poll question I put out a day ago. Would you trade Patrick Williams and or Kobe White in order to acquire Christian Wood, the Rockets' solid power forward, in order to compete for a title this year? And I think you can trade that number one pick – well – it, if it, if you can it, trade the Portland pick, the Portland pick, trade. yes, which could become a number one if they make the playoffs, and right now that's in question. Probably doesn't have so much value because if they don't make it this year, they'll probably be in a full rebuild, and it'll probably be two second. Rounders. But they'll probably make it. I, I, I will also counter. Like I, I expect the Portland Trailblazers. I don't expect Dame Lillard to play this bad for the entire year. So I agree that Dame should be better. I, I I've said, and everyone said, oh, this fickle can be for sure. And I was just like, well, I mean, the Trailblazers like barely squeaked in by the skin of their nutsack last year. Like, why do you think they're an automatic this year? <laughs> well, let's say, well, would you make that trade? And so the, the question I asked, would you, yes, I'd trade both. Uh, probably. The only thing I'd say about that is I'm not sure if Christian Wood is a great power forward versus more of a center and, and whether he would, he would fit in it. I know he can rebound. That's for sure. He's one of the better rebounders in you the could, NBA. And well, yeah, I mean, you can put two centers next to there to each other, and you'd probably be good at rebounding. I think he's a power forward. He's not a center. He's he's pretty athletic. He's I think he could slide into the power forward position. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys you can you can make the case for. Uh, Siakam is another one, depending what Toronto wants to do. They've mm. they've rumored been rumored to be shopping him in the past. You know, that's another one. I would I would trade for him as well. Yeah, but. So Jeremy would you make Grant. the trade? Would you Jeremy make the Grant's trade? One. For... All three of those guys, I would trade Kobe Patton a, a pick for. Yeah. The answer from the general public was 25% said, no, keep P. Will and Kobe. Uh, and it was actually almost over over 12, almost 1,200 votes. 31% said, yes, I'd trade both. So that actually was second to, no, I'd only trade Kobe, which was 32%. Only 13% said, no, I'd trade P. Will. Like, you know, I still see a lot of this on my timeline. You know, if we had P. Will, things would be much better. And I'm, there's just nothing to me I've seen even remotely to indicate that. Yeah, he's shown some flashes. Every NBA player shows flashes. It's you don't make it this far without showing some flashes. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you don't get picked in the top ten without showing some flashes. Exactly. Even every every bust. You know, I'm sure your buddy uh, Denny Abvia has shown some flashes. Sure. Yeah, you, one you or go two. Look through his highlights, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like is anyone is going to show some flashes. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, he, I'm sure he did one or two good things over the course of the last year. I mean, Patrick Williams is better than him. I'm not arguing that, but I just don't see this idea that oh, if he was still healthy, we'd be. I still think it'd be a problem. He's not a good rebounder. He's not proven anything to me. Maybe in the future he will be, but right now he's not that good of a player. So it's like a position that's really screaming for an upgrade and. I just don't know how you go about doing that. How about like if let's let's throw like uh, Kevin Love in a buyout? Would that interest you? Uh, no. Okay. So the, I mean, the really options you? you're looking at are Grant. Yeah, I would actually if he's well. I don't, I don't think. I mean, one the the fact that he's um, he has uh, struggles with depression, anxiety, whatever mental things he has. 
and he's completely lost it a few times on that Cavs team and not been able to hold it together. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just don't know that I want to like bring that into the locker room based on on you know where he's like like relative to his skill set. You know, it'd be a little different if you had Kevin Love in his prime and he's able to do all kinds of great things. But you know, at this point, he's he's not really bringing anything to the table that's interesting either. And then he, he's also potentially going to have these stretches where he's a little unhinged and just decides to inbound the ball to the other team because he's annoyed and just wants to flip your team the finger. You know, like, I just I don't know that I need that. Doug, let's say they acquired one of those three power forwards that you believe in. Do you believe they could win a title this year? Um, I mean, if it was Siakam, that would be the one that I would think maybe. I think the, the other guys, no problem. I mean, I guess the question is, like, could they – um, in a, like, what is your bar for could like greater than one percent chance? five well, percent chance. I mean, like they could win one now if we're saying like greater than one in a, a million, right? I mean, so it, it's really just what your bar for for reasonability is here. I mean, and I would put it say, as a true contender, right? Like, I, and I, you say? I would say probably Siakam. With Siakam, I think they could be. With yeah. the other guys, I think probably not, but maybe. You know, it's like those other guys are, are sort of. A little bit of um, victim to the same thing of Vooch, where it's like, yeah, okay, like Christian Woods putting up some monster stats on a terrible team now. Is he really good or not? Yeah. And you know, Jeremy Grant, you saw how he looked as a lower end option on the Denver Nuggets, and it, and it was really good. He looked really great. So, you know, Grant, I feel pretty confident in how he could contribute, and you know, certainly he's gotten even even better as a future guy or shown he can be a future guy in spurts. Uh, Siakam, I, I like the most of those guys just because I, I have the most faith in him defensively. And then he's and, and I think that would be a huge, huge boost uh, to the team. So I, I'd, I'd probably feel the best about Siakam. There, I mean, there's no way we're going to, we're going to get Siakam. He's, he's probably the one you really can't do because his, his contract is so high um, comparatively, you know, what is, what actually matches salaries. If you trade, you know, those couple guys, you could throw in Troy Brown Jr. into the trade too, and I think that maybe gets you enough for uh, Jeremy Grant. And then I'm not sure, but I don't think that gets you enough for for Siakam. I don't, I don't think so without having the uh, cap calculator in front of me. So with today's loss, the Bulls are now six and three. Uh, they play, which we'd be ecstatic for, except that we lost two of our last three. Yep. Uh, now we have on the the agenda the Nets on Monday at home. We got the Mavericks at home after that on Wednesday. And then we go to the Warriors on Friday, the Clippers on at the Clippers on Sunday, at the Lakers on Monday, and a back to back at L A L A, at the Trailblazers on the following Wednesday, and at the Nuggets. I mean, it is possible the Bulls could lose, you know, five to six, six to seven. Uh, these are good teams, you know, and and I don't think they're going to be necessarily favored in every game. In fact, they may yeah, be I don't favored think in any. Favored, but here's what I would say: the Clippers aren't playing particularly great the lakers aren't playing particularly great yeah um you know the the dallas mavericks uh seem like they're playing pretty well the golden state warriors are obviously playing really well the nets uh, the are nets playing well play. i guess the nets have actually they they've righted the ship they won four in a row after uh, kind of a rougher start before that uh but you know the thing is i i look at like the bulls have lost three games in all three games, they had you know a legitimate chance to win with a minute left. Yeah, 
And so, you know, like it's not like they're getting blown out by 20 points. And, and those are good teams that they lost to. You know, like the uh, the Knicks are, are six and three. And, you know, I know how you, how you love to hate on the Knicks, but they're, they're having a solid season. The 76ers are eight and two and are the second best record in basketball. You know, so those are those are good teams that they've lost to. And the fact that they played those teams really closely and, you know, I mean, the, the Bulls lost to the Knicks on a open jumper DeRozan had yeah. to win the game at the buzzers. You know, it's like it's a 50-50 shot. You know, like the 76ers, you know, they we, we weren't quite at 50-50 stage, but, you know, we were right there at the end of both those games. So I'm, I'm encouraged by the way the Bulls are playing. And, you know, like the, the 76ers game, like we won all the hustle areas. We just didn't shoot the ball well. You know, guys who should be able to shoot the ball well just didn't. So, you know, I, I feel like the, the Bulls are kind of in, in as good of shape as you could hope for at this point. It's you just know, disappointing to me. a good record. You lose you know, to a relative. team tonight w- without Danny Green, without Ty Bull, who's, who's a fantastic defender. They were missing, obviously, uh, Ben Simmons, who's still out, and you're obviously missing uh, Tobias, Tobias Harris. So you're missing like four key rotation players. Obviously, Ben Simmons. That's going to be that's not going to be rectified anytime. You know soon, what? But... I take all those guys if you could just throw a cork moss off that team. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah, I know. Seven it's and like, nine from three. Someone would have taken some of his minutes. Would have been just fine by me. Seven and nine tonight, uh, and then obviously when Niang hit that three at the end, I almost vomited. You know, just gosh, what a uh, you know punch to the diaphragm that was. Speaking of punches to the diaphragm, how did they not toss Embiid for punching Lonzo Ball in the face? <laughs> like seriously, how did you review that and just go, you know what? He didn't mean to punch him in the face, so it's okay. Like they like one a flagrant one explicitly is defined as like a non-basketball excessive force above the head, regardless of whether it is intended or not. So like by definition, this is at least a flagrant one by definition, right? Like it's, it's, it even says inadvertent in the definition of flagrant one, like a punch. God, like it's such a dangerous thing. What MB did. I agree a hundred percent. Like, you know, and this is one of those things that I hate is like when they, they basically officiate to the results of what happened instead of to what could happen. And this goes back to the last Philly game where DeRozan is going up for the shot and they overturned this call and they said Embiid got all ball and the body contact was incidental. And it's like, you know, their body contact kind of like balanced out, but Embiid was going with a ton of sideways momentum. And if DeRozan had not gone up entirely straight, he would have been upended by that contact, would have fallen badly, and could have badly hurt himself. Yes. It was like a yeah. really dangerous set of body contact. But they're like, well, it didn't happen, so we're just not going to call it. And I just thought, like, that's that's absurd. It's completely absurd. I don't know if you remember this play. I'm going to pull a Fred Pfeiffer and go into the way, way back machine. There was a play when Joe Johnson was on the Phoenix Suns, and I believe they are playing, I want to say it was the Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs. And Jerry Stackhouse was, like, going up for a dunk. Or, no, sorry, Joe Johnson was going up for a dunk. I think it was Jerry Stackhouse chased him from behind and, like, blocked the shot. And he actually gets all ball, and he blocks the shot. But his body hits Johnson on the follow-through, and Johnson goes down. And I believe that was, like, when he injured his eye, and he was, like, out for, like, the rest of the playoffs and, like, whatever. And they call it, like, a flagrant two, and they toss Stackhouse. And I'm just like, 
you know, clearly there was no intent. You know, he's obviously going for the ball. Like, he even hits the ball. And he doesn't even really make that bad of contact with Johnson. But it was just like he's in the air, and, and the contact he made based on the angle Johnson was at, like, knocks him down, and he gets seriously hurt. Like, this was that exact play, except that DeRozan was just not at such an angle that Embiid's clear foul and clear encroaching into his space and clear bodying him didn't upend him and knock him down. But that's the exact same type of play, whereas, like, there's a very dangerous situation here, and that's why you call that a foul. Yeah. So He just grazed his – he hit him in the hair, not the face, because if he would have hit him in the face, he would have been severely hurt. But well, I he hit agree. Him in the head. He didn't just hit him in the hair. Like he made contact with his head. Yeah, but it it was a grazing blow where it didn't really hurt him. You could tell he was fine. My point was doesn't matter. Like that's yeah. like if a guy doing like you know he's angry and he just does a a roundhouse kick and you know almost hits a guy. It's the same thing. You you know what I mean? It's like out of frustration, you cannot make a if, move like that. If, if ball a, was like a half inch closer, oh probably gets knocked the hell out. Yes. Yes, you know, yeah. Like, like you said, I agree. I mean, he hit him. He didn't hit him in the air. I mean, it was a grazing blow, but he, he hit him. You know, like, either way, I can't believe he didn't get tossed for that. And, you know, like, it's just it's just like just ridiculous to me. Like, I don't know, like, and he, he's done this type of thing before where yeah. he's, like, throwing his arms like, like that. I didn't mean to. I didn't like, mean just, to. Give me a break. Like, yeah, and exactly. he, clear, he clearly didn't mean it. Like, I mean, like, I don't think he's a bad person for doing this. But you have to start making like like he does this kind of thing, so you have to punish him for it in the way that's appropriate. Yeah, like you like you have to punish him for it in the way that's appropriate because that's what will have him stop doing it. You know, like like just don't like just look where you're throwing a punch. Throw a punch down. Like hit your yeah. hit your thigh or something because you're mad. You know, like, like you just anyway. Hey, I just I I couldn't believe that. We got a little bit more time left before my phone runs out of juice. I got one last topic I want to hit before we pull the bus in. Lonzo Ball, you know I'm still a ball boy, so but for life I love the kid and all that. And uh, but I don't know if you noticed this, Doug. It's starting to get irritating with his inability to finish at the rim. He's consistently passing up short shots for more difficult shots for teammates. Or is still, you know, he still thinks he's a forty-eight percent free throw shooter. I think it, that's it's got to be where the issue is. It's it's almost Ben Simmons like. Do you see this, and do you think it's a problem? Uh, so I guess I'm going to say yes. I see him. I mean, I think he knows he's not a great finisher, and he's not a great finisher, right? Like when he tries to finish at the rim, he's not great at it. So he's like his his view of himself there might actually be fairly accurate. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and, and I wish he was a little bit better finisher. And I think he's just, just like a half step less athletic than you need him to be. Mm. And if he was a little bit more, be be a lot better. But that's just that's just who he is. We knew that going in, so that doesn't even remotely surprise me. And I'm gonna flip this to you the other way, because you know you're all all pissy about Lonzo. I'm not pissy about Lonzo. I mean, you start off with a critique, and I was actually gonna ask you about Lonzo. That was the other topic I wanted to talk to you about. Now I just say like. Did you see how the Bulls came back? And that was like all on Lonzo Ball. Hey, what's up? It's Emily. And I'm pretty sure that compassionate coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of DC that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. 
So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L-I-V by Advantia. 